We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the show. IB Nation Sports Talk is back. We're just four days away from the start of Notre Dame's fall training camp, along with the one and only Vince D'Addario. I'm Sean Steyers. Vince, how scale of 1 to 10, how fired up are you right now? Training camp, four days away. As I say, I'm fired up because you're over there in that <laughs> seat, and I'm over here in this seat. Yeah. So I'm super fired up about that part. Um, but, uh, so I'm very happy to have you back, my friend. Let, let me just say that. Um, yeah. Uh, back from vacation, you know, <laughs> first, you know, so I'll get, I'll get to that in a minute. Yes. I've got, I've got a vacation story. Oh, I can't wait for you. Uh, but, but no, actually it, got, I've, I've got multiples, but I was, you know, trying to decide what, <laughs> which ones I actually want to use. So, <laughs> well, I, I will say that, uh, it seems a little surreal that practice is starting on Friday. Like it's just, We've been talking about it and talking about it and, and, you know, have all summer and all these different things. And all of a sudden it's here. Like it doesn't, I don't know. It, it, certain aspects of summer seem like it took forever. Other aspects, it seems like it just started when it comes to Notre Dame football. It seems like we just got done talking about the spring game and all of the nonsense with, you know, Tyler Buckner, you know, tripping down the stairs and, you know, Steve Angeli being the next Heisman trophy winner because he, brought the team back against the third <laughs> right. the third team and a bunch of walk-ons and you know all these right. different things and it's like oh well now we actually get to watch real football on friday so i'm i'm super fired up so like i think you asked me scale of one to ten it's like a 12 like i'm off the charts excited i'm pretty i'm pretty up there as well and i would be probably even more fired up but you know Mentioned my vacation, you know, so I'm gone for a week. Right. Spent some time in northern Michigan up by Traverse City. Great time by the beach doing, you know, nice. did some kayaking down a river and rafting down a river and some hiking and all kinds of fun stuff. And so, you know, you said I look refreshed. I don't feel refreshed. And I wish I could <laughs> say that I feel refreshed. And here's why. Because as soon as we got back home, all of a sudden, I'm like, man, I feel kind of hot, you know. But, you know, like oh, we've no. been out in the sun a little bit. Right. So I spike a fever Friday, <laughs> the day we get back into town. Are you serious? So I've, got, I've got a burning face and chills over the rest of my body, you know. So the first thing I do is, you know, I get a COVID test. COVID comes back negative. That's good. Um, 
you know, next day I'm actually feeling a little bit better in the morning and kind of, you know, like the, the fever had kind of subsided a little bit, but then yesterday I get up and the fever's back and I'm like, oh, come on, what's going on here? You know, and we got a home COVID test. So I took another one of those still, you know, no COVID. So, you know, so that's the good sign. And today I actually right. do feel better, but you know, so that's kind of what the weekend was like coming out of vacation. So that was wow. a lot of fun. Welcome yeah. back home. Here's a fever. Yes. That's, that's brutal. And <laughs> I, I, you know, I can't say exactly why, obviously, you know, where it came from, but we were around people. And I will say, sure. uh, the more people you interact with, you know, when you go outside your home, the more chance you have to interact with stupidity. Well, and that's a fact. So I have narrowed it down to the greatest possibility of where this came from. We were in, <laughs> what was the name of the, I can't remember the name. It was Grand Something. And again, it's not like in Traverse City. Okay. It's more toward the lake, you know, actual Lake Michigan. Um, it wasn't Grand Haven, but it was a Grand Something and it was right up there. So there is uh, this cherry store. Up okay. there. You know, they sell all these cherry products because that part of the, you know, Michigan cherries are like big in Michigan. So we're in this store and they've got samples everywhere. You can get chocolate uh, cherries and uh -oh. cherry nut mix and, you know, cherry salsas and all this different stuff. And so, you know, I'm, I'm up there by the sampling stations and they've got like these six different pods of them, you know, like big countertops out. North of Grand Rapids, Detroit Hunter. I wish I could remember, but it's maybe the fever knocked it out of me. But, <laughs> um, so why there? You know, there's a lot of people in there doing the samples. So sure. In the, in, in the middle of me sampling, all of a sudden, this lady who and she is older than me. If I had to guess by six to eight years, you okay. know, somewhere in that range. It, it, you know, she's up there and she's sampling. She has a coughing attack, right? And you know how, like, some people, when they sneeze or cough, they will do it, like, into their elbow? That's kind of what they teach you. Yeah. That's what they've been teaching more recently, you know, yes. rather than just your mouth. Well, she she halfway did that. She pulls her arm up to about six inches from her face, and she turns away from, you know, where the samples are, and she is looking right at me <laughs> with this coughing attack. So I literally – I. First, I freeze, and then I turn and run around one of these counters and, and like, kind of do a little spin out, and I'm over by my wife, you know, like, ended up, you know, kind of coming back around, and then I turn, and the woman is still over there, and I watch the woman. After she just had this coughing attack, she reaches into the samples with her bare hand yeah, rather than using the tongs or the spoons that, that they are provided for you, right there with her bare hand. And she snatches a sample out. And so, you know, that didn't cause it. But, you know, the, the, the coughing. Oh, was. yeah. But when she did that, I took I turned to my wife and I made sure that I said it loud enough for this woman to hear. I, said, <laughs> I know you did. That woman just had a coughing attack and she reached right into that sample with her bare hand instead of using the utensils. And my <laughs> wife turned to me. You know, I wasn't looking at the woman because <laughs> I think she heard you because <laughs> she just left. <laughs> We never saw her again. After I that. bet you didn't. <laughs> so, <laughs> I bet you didn't. So yeah. So that was. I think you, that's. I think that could be where it came from. I don't know. You, you and I are gifted with voice. Me probably more so than you, but voices <laughs> that carry. And yes. when you're doing it on purpose, 
it's even better because everybody in the whole store, I'm sure, heard you. Yes. And I wanted them to hear me because I know I you did. shame her for what she just No, I know you it, did. It was bad enough that she had the coughing attack and she coughed right at me without right. actually covering her mouth. And then, then she turns and doesn't even use the utensils and yeah. reaches in with her bare hand like Whoa. no one was going to see her. And it turned out that the person she was coughing on is the one who actually outed her. <laughs> That's so awesome. I, I did enjoy that. But in any case, Training camp opens Friday. We'll move yes. on to that. We're back. You know, the fever's gone. All that good. good stuff. You sound great. I, I've seen you sick. You don't sound sick. So yeah, that's a good I don't thing. Know. My wife, you know, my wife's an RN. She thinks it was maybe right. just kind of a little viral thing that, that kind of yeah. shot through me. But again, you know, it's like, who knows? Yeah. But, uh, I, I'm glad you're better. Yeah. I appreciate Very much that. So. Very I appreciate much so. that. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Training camp does open Friday. The media is going to be able to watch um, the whole thing. At least parts of. 10 of Notre Dame's first yeah. 17 practices and Friday will be, we'll get the full practice. Then we'll get the Marcus Freeman treatment afterwards and all that kind of good stuff. So, uh, you know, we'll get that. And that'll be one of three times that Freeman will have a press conference during training camp as well. So we're going to get to talk to pretty much everybody. Once again, we're going to get to see part of practice Saturday and talk to Tommy Reese and the quarterbacks. And the next Monday we'll get Al Golden and the yeah. linebackers. So we're going to get a lot in the first, yeah. you know, the first three times we go over there. Absolutely. And I, it, it's interesting because we didn't get more full practices, right? We, we got more of the first five period cl- uh, practices than we've ever gotten before. So yeah. I was interested to see kind of what the Marcus Freeman regime would look like as far as open, you know, to practices and things like that. And I would rather have the fulls, obviously who wouldn't uh, because when we would go see Brian Kelly's version of Notre Dame, the first five periods were a gigantic waste of time. Right. They were. They were a giant waste of time. Uh, outside of being able to figure out what the depth chart looked like offensively because they would do that you know, on-air thing at the beginning. So you'd be able to tell who the first team, second team, third team, whatever. 
So that was handy just from a, you know. A, we, a, we'd get an idea of the depth chart. Yeah, yeah that was from a board standpoint. Like, okay, yeah. that, that was fine, I guess. But you never really got to see anything of note. You know what I mean? You could say, you know, so-and-so is moving around well, or, you know, so-and-so looks like they put on some good weight, you know, things like that. So I'm interested to see what the first five periods look like under Marcus Freeman, because during the bowl prep, one of the first periods was a competition period and there was winners and there was losers and the losers yeah. had to do extra running and all this. So that part is going to be very interesting seeing if we actually get to see something of any substance in the first five periods. Yeah. Yeah. It, I'll, I'll be really curious to see that as well. And again, we're going to get a lot of first five period type stuff. We'll, we'll get two yeah. full practices, but a lot of, a lot of other of the first five periods and see exactly and they're on Fridays. what that brings. The full yeah. ones are on Fridays as opposed to Saturday, which is usually the case. So that's true. That's interesting too. But a lot different as well. Mm -hmm. yep. Hey, before we get into what we're going to talk about, which is players that we're going to be watching when we get to those first five <laughs> periods and full practice and everything else, that's what we're going to hit first on today's show before we have some rapid fire later. Don't forget, crush the like button, subscribe, rate, review the podcast, whatever platform you happen to listen or watch on. And, you know, tell your friends as well, for that matter, because as we just said, training camp is starting this week. So everyone's going to yeah. want to, you know, be listening and watching and everything else. Notre Dame, Ohio State, a mere 33 days away at this point. So Crazy. Road trip. Whoop, whoop. That's right. That's right. That's right. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. We've got four. We've we each came up with four players. Yes. Two offense, two defense. We kind of split it up that way. And I've got a feeling that you know, like my list, you know, probably like if you were to make a full list of like eight to ten, yeah. my list would probably be close to your list. And, and yes, they would definitely versa. overlap. So, yeah, he's forcing us to only pick two uh, from each side of the ball. I mean, there's like ten people on each side of the ball that I'm interested in watching. So it's. It was difficult to narrow it down. Let's put it that way. Yes. Brent from Cali. First time I've seen that name. Thanks for joining in today. Brent, great to have you along. Hit the like button while you're here. <laughs> <laughs> Just goes without saying, right? Yeah. Okay, so we're going to go back and forth on this. Vince will start with his first player. We'll talk about him a little bit. I'll go, and we'll start with the offensive players first. Okay. And the defensive players. So, Vince, you can fire away. Who's the first player that – that uh, you're uh, anxiously awaiting seeing this Friday well, when we head out to, to Notre Dame? Well, obviously, this is cherry-picking. I mean, th this is the player, I think, that would be on the top of everybody's list for obvious reasons, and it's got to be – it's it's the quarterback, Tyler Buckner. What – not only what does he look like just from a physical standpoint, throwing the ball around, you know, how's the read option coming along, you know, what's he look like running, all of these different things, because obviously he had an ankle and, and things like that in spring. But how is he interacting with the team? Is he becoming that leader that the team needs him to be to take that next step? You know, all of the different things. And are we going to find all of that out on Friday? Of course not. They're not even wearing pads. They're wearing helmets, right? Uh, but how is he interacting with the team? How is he running around? You know, all of those different things. Look, he's, he's QB1. And while yeah. th there will be a, a quarterback competition, I get all of that. He's QB1. I mean, he is the starting quarterback to the University of Notre Dame for the first time ever. How's he handling that? What's it look like? You know, I, I'm very interested to see, you know, what Tyler Buckner looks like on Friday. 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, we're, we're all going to be watching him. You know, one, you know, how long is this, you know, if this is a true quarterback competition, how long is that going to last? So we're going to compare him to Drew Pine. And, you know, like that first practice I remember last year when we went out there, when it was Drew Pine and Jack Cohn kind of going through this, at least pseudo derby anyway. I think we sure. all pretty much assume that, you know, Jack Cohn, you're going to use your grad transfer to come in from Wisconsin. He's got experience that he was going to be the starter. Excuse me. We all assume that he was going to end up being the guy, but like, like you were talking about leadership with Tyler Burner and you know what what that looks like for him. Like, like between the two, last year Drew Pine was the one who kind of seemed oh, yeah. more like the leader, you know, yes. out there compared to to Jack Cohn. And maybe it, you know maybe that's because Cohn is a little bit more reserved and he was new and all that kind of stuff. But Tyler Buckner's been here a while now, and you know he was obviously out there with them. Getting, getting a chance to run the offense more during the spring. So, you know, how much how much has he blossomed in that area? But, you know, and, and the big stuff, though, as well. What's he look like running the offense? You know, that's right. what we, we hope that we get at least a couple live periods or two. You know, I would expect that we'll get, you know, some, you know, typically you get the one-on-one stuff with receivers against DBs and stuff sure. like that. What's his ball placement look like, obviously? How consistent is he with his accuracy? You know, all those different things. Of course. going to be. We're going to be, you know, holding the microscope up with all that stuff. <laughs> no but, doubt. Uh, yeah. I mean, we all want to see what it's going to look like, because I think that even some of the people who, you know, maybe, you know, probably considered themselves Tyler Buckner supporters, you sure. know, maybe early on his career or in his recruitment after seeing some of his passing last year are maybe a little bit skeptical. So I think everyone is anxiously awaiting seeing exactly what he's going to look like you know, in terms of accuracy and decisions sure. and all that kind of stuff. And we've said it a bunch of times. I mean, Notre Dame has a good roster. They've had a good roster for a little while now. Now, granted, there are bits and pieces that they've upgraded and things like that. But overall, they are a championship-level quarterback away from being a title contender, period. If if Tyler Buckner just goes out and plays average, they're a 10-win football team. They are. And, but if they want to win 11 or 12 or a playoff game and all that, Tyler Buckner needs to be that championship level quarterback. So it all starts on Friday and that's what's going to be fun to watch. That's for sure. That's for sure. Okay. So Vince's first guy is Tyler Buckner seeing a lot of different suggestions out there. Desiree calling her shot. Steve Angeli can impress a lot. That's, you know, you know, he was, (laughs) he was, he was a Heisman Trophy winner as sure. soon as he scored the winning touchdown in the Blue Gold game. I mean, yeah, I, against you know, walk-ons I, and third-teamers, but it's all good. You that's know. right. I think there's good stuff ahead of, of Angeli, but you know, let's, Steve let's, let's hold off fine. on the anointing lotion, as he'll, Bill Parcells yeah. would say. Yeah, he'll be fine. <laughs> Don't you know? He'll be fine. He's not going to get first-team reps. He probably won't even get second-team reps. You know what I mean? He's, he's the third-team quarterback, and in order for him to be the guy – Two guys are going to have to get hurt. I mean, yeah. that, that's basically what's going to have to happen. Biggest thing for him is just take advantage of whatever yes. reps that it's he a gets. True freshman, gain some experience out there. Right. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. yep. Get used to everything. Okay. So I'm, you know, I guess we're we're both sticking with the offense right now, and yes. I'm going with a guy who could be on the receiving end of some Tyler Buckner passes, and that is freshman wide receiver Tobias Merriweather. And I mean, you look at him. And I mean, mm-hmm. it's a, there's a lot to like about Tobias Merriweather, <laughs> yeah. obviously. And the barbecue isn't even part of it. But, you know, it's like he's a four-star receiver, position of need, 
really good speed, really good hands, good route runner, all these different things to like about Tobias Merriweather. Early enrollee as well. He's at that W position along with Deion Colsey and Joe Wilkins. So, you know, there's a lot of things working in his favor in all this. I think the biggest question is, how much does he actually factor into things early on? Because sure. we all know what the previous regime was like. If you were a freshman wide receiver, yeah. it was all but impossible yes. for you to see the field. You know, you might get a handful of snaps, but, you know, you could pretty – so you like if if Brian Kelly was here, you could obviously pretty much take Merriweather, you know, right off the board in terms yep. of, you know, making any, any impact right away. But Tommy Reese is going to have a lot more say now, obviously, in those kind of things because he's the offensive coordinator – with a defensive-minded head coach, you know, and and he's got a new position coach as well. And this is a guy I just want to see, you know, especially early on, kind of get himself in the mix. Because I think yeah. the more plays yeah. we see him make in August, mm -hmm. the harder it's going to be to keep him off the field in September and beyond. You know, even if it's not, you know, 100%, you know, if he's not a – up to speed 100% sure. on the routes and all that different kind of stuff. Just show that he can do something. And I think a guy with his kind of talent is going to be hard to, do, you know, hard to keep off the field if he can show some of that early. Look, he, he's, he's walking into a situation which is very beneficial to him. Number one, the depth chart at wide receivers is weak. I mean, there's just the numbers aren't there of, of scholarship receivers, right? There's seven, I think, total. Uh, scholarship receivers. So he's he's walking into a situation that is very conducive to a young guy stepping in. And then you mentioned the fact that it's a new coaching regime as far as on the offensive side of the ball that you don't have an offensive-minded head coach anymore. You don't yeah. have a wide receiver coach that struggled to get young guys on the field uh, because he was afraid of whatever, the retaliation from the head coach because he got his dressing downs when he put young guys in and bad things would happen, Okay. And so you've got Chancey Stuckey, who doesn't have a long track record, but he does have a track record of getting young guys in and ready to go. No doubt about that. And from everything that we've heard over the summer, Tobias Merriweather has been balling all summer long. So I mistakenly said early enrollee. I didn't mean to say early enrollee because he obviously was on campus. And that's kind of what he's been yeah, on campus like, since early June. And right. Exactly. Yeah, and that's. Right. The, the, the stuff that we've heard about him has been Correct. good. And that's that's kind of, yeah, that's, that's so, so I rewind. I, yeah, I know he wasn't an early enrollee. <laughs> right. He was on, like everybody, he was on campus all summer and that's kind of. Yeah, you know, it was like that first week of June, they all rolled in. They did about almost right. two months worth of workouts and then they went home uh, last week and then they're starting to trickle back onto campus now, obviously, to prepare for Friday's first practice. Right. Yep. It's going to be here. Can we hear? Yeah. It's coming. All yeah. Right, so. so, yeah, sticking with offensive side, right? So, yep. Yep. I wanted, so he, I wanted to say like O line. Like, that's what I wanted to say here. But we're, we're, we're the whole line, the whole thing, <laughs> the whole Magilla. Okay. Uh, the whole operation. I wanted to say the whole thing, but I, I narrowed it down to Josh Lug. And, and here's, here's why. Number one, I think Josh Lug gets a bit of a bad rap from a lot of people and a bit deservedly so. OK, well, he, he had to go out and play tackle out of necessity last year and he did OK. He did OK, but he's not a tackle. And when he's played at Notre Dame, when he's played at his best, he's been at guard. I, I believe 
and watching film and, and watching Josh Lug, that guard is his best, most natural position. Yeah, he's six eight. He's tall for a guard, but he's better at guard than he is at tackle, and clearly better than he is at center. Right. So Josh Lug is getting a new lease on life this year. Okay, getting a chance to start at least from the outset at right guard. And I think he's going to take this opportunity and run with it. He's a grad student. He's been around for a long time. He's going to bring a veteran leadership to that line. I Again, I think him in retreatable space as, like for pass blocking and things like that's not where he excels. He excels on the inside, just getting on a guy, driving him out. I'm really looking forward to seeing what Josh Lug is able to do this year. And I think he's, you know, this is the worst kind of practice for an offensive lineman, no pads whatsoever, just helmets, yeah. right? I mean, it's, we're not going to see a whole lot from the not offensive get, line. Yeah, not get a chance to right. see really anything this first practice. Right, but for a fall, from a fall camp scenario, I'm really excited to watch Josh Lug and just, frankly, I want to see him dominate right guard. Yeah, and you're right about the entire offensive line because, you know, really we know that you're going to see Alt on one side and uh, Fisher on the other side, and then – you know, like we're expecting to see Zeke Carell at center. Right. We don't know exactly, you know, like what's going to happen with, with Jarrett Patterson or, you know, when when he's going to be 100% and all those different kind of things. You know, what's going to happen? You know, it's because like Christophic is looking like he's going to be the odd man out. But at the same time, if Patterson, you know, is there, you know, then I, I think that they, the, the offensive line has a chance to be really, really good with, with that five and – Lug, I completely agree with what you're talking about. He is much more suited to being inside. You know, there's just the footwork is just so much different. Things yes. that he, you know, like like you know, that's that you know was obviously a bigger issue when you're playing on the outside. Now you move inside, and you've got a Harry He stand, yeah, to, you know, to help get him to where he needs to be. And you know, it's just like I think we all agree that <laughs> just. Just having Harry Heastan was going to be a big difference, but there was just so much, you know, like like think about where that line started off at the start of the season and where sure. it finished up just in terms of personnel and who was where, yeah. you know, all the changes that it had to make over the course of the season. And it's it's just it's it's pretty exciting to think about this line. And I think that oh, Josh yeah. Lug is, you know, rather than being, you know, uh, a, a deficiency, it. Uh, on the outside can really be a true asset moving inside. Yes. hundred percent. I, I, like I said, I think that's more of a natural position for him and you know, they need to be good. Like this is a situation where they've got their best five on the field, right? They, they, they figured out who their best five is. That's who's going to be on the field. That's why they're talking about sliding Patterson to left guard and having Z Carell play center. It's the best five. And you know, it, it's look, Jarrett Patterson could be the best center in the country. I mean, he's on the Remington Award watch list. He could be the best center in the country, and he's moving to left guard, right? right? Because he's a team guy, and they're getting their best five on the field. That's commendable from him, but it also makes the offensive line that much stronger. So I'm excited to see what this offensive line can do, and a lot of that is going to ride on the shoulders of Josh Lugg and what he's able to bring to the table. Yep, yep, I agree. All right, so my our last offensive guy is my second offensive guy, Audric. Estimate and there's just <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> Vince Vince is doing his whole pose. Yeah, there's just I mean there's just so much to like about this oh. guy as well. You know, like we got to see obviously some of it in the blue gold game on that screen pass and all that stuff. But 
you know, Diggs is out, Price is out, you know, so it, it, it it's turned into, you know, Audric Estime was going to have some kind of role, but he is going to obviously have a much bigger yeah. role with three, you know, three healthy scholarship running backs to start off the season. Although, did you see some of the, 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 the video of, of uh, Diggs, you I know, did. working on some of the agility stuff. Yeah. Now, that's obviously non-contact, his shoulder. but right. you know, yeah, but I'm, um, you know, he's holding the ball and, and jumping around and doing some stuff. So sure. be curious to see kind of what his timeline is, you know, once we, well, get I think it's and- going to be shorter than what we anticipated at first. I do not. And I, I, I believe Marcus Freeman said this, that he's not pushing Diggs to be ready for September 3rd uh, with Ohio state. And would it be nice to have him? Sure. But I don't want him to re-injure it in the first game of the season and then be lost the rest of the way. Like take, you know, once you get past Ohio state, you got a couple of games where you can kind of, you know, you don't necessarily need him. Like, you know, things like that, ease your way back in, make sure you're a hundred percent before you come back. But you know, they didn't hit the transfer portal. They didn't move anybody. They didn't do a lot of things because they're anticipating that he, that Logan Diggs is going to be back. Right. Right. But, what an opportunity for Audrey Estime, though, because I Dalen McCullough said that there's eight starting roles in the backfield, right. right? And I think that Audrey Estime would have had one of those roles at some point or another, right? I think I think he would have fit one of those roles, but now with only three guys, and one of which is a freshman, obviously, there's gonna be a lot of those roles up for grabs against Ohio State, and they're gonna yeah. need both Tyree and, and Estime, both, they're going to have to be dudes on well, September 3rd. And the biggest thing I want to see from Andrick Estime is limiting the lateral movement. You know, hit the hit the hole quicker. You know, less side-to-side stuff coming out of the backfield. Get to that hole. And, expect, you know, again, like this offensive line obviously had – had could not run block. I, I guess I, should, I, I, you know, I shouldn't sugarcoat it. They couldn't run block last sure. year, even with Karen Williams. You know, now they got, did they get better as the season went on? Yeah. Were they better when Tyler Buckner was in the game? Of course. And, you know, that, that could be a factor this year as well. But Audric estimate, there was just like what we saw of him in the spring and in the spring, you know, there's a little, you know, like if you, he's 5'11", 228. So he's almost 230 pounds. If you can make it, you know, as a defense, if you make the big guy have to move laterally, you've done your job. That's what you yeah, want. Sure. He's just got to find that crease, no matter no matter how big or how small it is. Especially if he's going to have a bigger role, and just hit it and get what he can out of it, and just punish some people, get to yep. the second level, and you know, and and see what happens from there. So that's Absolutely. you know that's what I want to see him doing. You know, again, are we going to see that right away without pads? No, but I just want to see that there's there's less lateral and and more north south. Just get up in there and go. Absolutely. And and I will say, because uh, USMA87 says running backs got some bad habits last year. The, quote, wait for the hole, unquote, yeah. style was frustrating. The O-line improvement will help. I completely agree with you on the O-line improvement helping. There's no doubt. They're going to be able to reestablish the line of scrimmage further upfield, way more so than they were able to do last year. The other thing is, for zone, zone is a one-cut-and-go type of offense. And there is a little bit of that where you kind of have to wait for the hole to open, and but then you got to go. And I think that there was a little too much waiting, not enough going, Yeah, right? And and that was definitely problematic. But the, also the issue was they were waiting for holes that never showed up. And that's, I mean, 
yeah. that, that that was a bigger issue. Like Chris, I mean, uh, um, I got why the running back from last year. Why Kyron Williams? Thank you, Kyron Williams. Big run that that, yes. what, that massive run that he had down the sideline. He just ran away from everybody. Was because there was no hole. <laughs> that play was supposed to go That's to the right. right. And That's he ends right. up bringing it back and going all the way to the left because there was, no be yeah, right. there, there was no hole. Yeah, there was no hole. So um, one of the most dynamic plays in the game or in the on the season was because there was no hole, right? And so hopefully there will be holes this year. I anticipate that there will be holes this year. And then it's a one-cut-and-go situation, and these running backs are really good at that. You know, and again, I realize, you know, a lot of people say, well, how much improvement can Harry Heastan make, you know, in this short amount of time? I'll remind you that coming out of Mike Elko's first spring, we, you know, coming, you know, the transition from BVG to Mm -hmm. Mike Elko (laughs) coming out of that spring, there was nothing we saw that entire spring that said, this is going to be a vastly improved defense. (laughs) And what happened? They were a vastly improved defense, you know, in, in one year. And we know what Harry Heastan has done before we we know the attention the the attention that's that's like a common denominator like if you look at the way elko taught and the way harry Heastan taught the attention to detail you know that that they're going you know obviously mike elston was the defensive line coach and he's a very detail-oriented person absolutely but but, and you know so there are some similarities there too but that's something that we're going to see there's going to be a big difference and i have every confidence that there are going to be much bigger holes for these guys to run through it's not going to be Absolutely. the issue that it was last year brent smith before we move on yeah you know asked, asked about concern about lack of depth i mean of course there's a concern especially early on like if they can get digs back ahead of schedule that's going to be a big help that alleviates a lot of, of it, three. Yeah. Yeah, yeah especially since digs was going to be you know getting the reps with you know the, the ones and the twos and it and it also gives you more things you can do with chris tyree once you mm-hmm. get him back, but you know, it sounds like they're not planning on having him for that first game. Like you were talking about right. against Ohio right. state, if they were to have him, you know, that would be huge, but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, the biggest thing is you just never know when right. an injury is going to rear its ugly head. You and that's the biggest know, question mark, right? That. That, yeah. That's the biggest question mark. And one injury really depletes this room right now because then they're down to two and then you're talking about walk-ons and everything else. And then you kick yourself maybe for not getting somebody in the portal or, or whatever the case may be. Now there wasn't anybody that they felt could help them in the portal. So I will say that, but at the same time, sometimes you just need depth. If they can get Logan Diggs back without sustaining an injury, then it's, it's a non-issue. Then, then the gamble that they made paid off. Right. Because then they're dealing with four and they're good to go. And then you can still sustain an injury moving forward. Uh, but if you have less than three, then you're you're definitely in trouble. But I mean, you could say that about a lot of different places on the football field. Man, we're a couple, couple injuries away from being really in trouble. Yeah. I mean, that's that's just that's football, you know, yeah. and, and somebody's going to get hurt. That's going to happen. You just hope that it's not an injury that's season ending or, you know, prolonged timeout, that kind of a thing. Yeah, exactly. All right, so those are our offensive guys. Let's go to defense. Who's who's the guy at the top of your list defensively you're looking at when Trent, when camp starts? So this guy was pretty high on my list in the spring to keep an eye on, and he did not disappoint, which is why I'm looking forward to seeing him again, and that's Brandon Joseph, the safety out of Northwestern, grad tra- or not grad transfer, undergrad transfer, All-American in 2020. 
it is not often that you can graduate a an all-American safety <laughs> and replace him with an all-American safety. Like that, that doesn't happen very often. And Notre Dame is has benefited massively by this transfer by Brandon Joseph. Especially when you don't have to go the NIL route to to lure him in. Absolutely. I mean, this kid is like a heat-seeking missile. Yeah, Yeah, I know, right? Uh, He he hits like a Mack truck. He patrols the back end. If they can keep him for two years, that would be amazing. I am not anticipating that being the case because I think that's how good he is. Yeah, but if they can hold on to him for two years, that would be awesome. So Brandon Joseph or Brandon Joseph is just a fun guy to watch. And I, look, man, I like watching good football, and he's a really good football player. So he that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. It's not like it's a position battle; it's just fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, I was over there for the media session in January when you know, at, right after he transferred and he came in, and you know, one of the things that he talked about. He wanted to come here to turn himself into a first round draft pick, basically. Yeah. You know, he was kind of hovering on that line. Yeah. You know, probably wasn't going to be one this year, but he sees an opportunity with Kyle Hamilton leaving to jump into this defense, which is going to, you know, especially with him, you know, it's going to be a good defense. And he knew that he could be a big piece to it. You know, and yeah. he obviously doesn't have the uh the things that you can't teach, you know, like a you know, he doesn't have Cal Hamilton's frame, but he sure. has Cal Hamilton's instincts. And, you know, he covers, you know, some ground pretty well like Kyle Hamilton could do. And he's also a pretty good tackler, you know, like the the, yeah. one of the safeties, you know, like like uh, Alohi Gilman for Kyle Hamilton. You know, he's a little bit of a, you know, like a hybrid of those two guys, I think. You know, he's not, yeah. you know, his his size is obviously in between. And I think that he has a lot of this, you know, like if you were going to build uh, a composite safety, I, I think that uh, what he brings is uh, is pretty close to what you'd want yeah. to build. Yeah, no question. I, I Like I said, he you're, you're replacing a really good safety with a really good safety. And this secondary is going to be led by two really good DBs. And the, the question mark, the excuse me, the position battles that we're going to be watching are obviously at those other positions uh, at defensive back, but two of them are locked down and one of them is, is Joseph and it's, he is fun to watch. Even not even wearing uh, equipment, he's fun to watch. Yes. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So I saw this come up earlier. Tyler said Marist, and I assume that he is not <laughs> talking about the uh, the school. But 
Maris Leofau. And, yes. and that is that is my first defensive player because, you know, it's like the guy, he broke his ankle in training camp last year after he had made so many impressive plays. And, I mean, he looked nothing like the guy that we saw split in time with Shane Simon at, mm-hmm. at Buck Linebacker two years ago. He was just – he was out there. He was making plays. He was playing fast. He was playing hard all over the place, tackling, in coverage, just doing all kind of stuff. I want to see if he's that same guy that we saw during camp yeah, last year because he really – you know, he thrived in his one and only uh, fall training camp under Marcus Freeman. So now what's it going to look like with a third defensive coordinator in as many years? You know, we don't think this defense is going to be drastically different. But, you know, again, he's got his defensive a little coordinator bit sure. as his position coach. And, yeah, you know, so it's just like he was so good last, you know, during training camp last year. J.D. Bertrand was out there making plays, too. But right. Leofau was just making so many plays yeah. consistently that Bertrand wasn't going to have a chance. And then Leofau breaks his ankle and Bertrand ends up being the leading tackler. You know? No. So, right. You know, so again, like the the, the, the possibility that we're going to get to see a lot of these two guys together this year and just seeing what Maris Leofau looks like. I had forgotten that he was back for the Fiesta Bowl. I don't know if you saw ESPN replayed the Rose Bowl yesterday. Oh, uh, really? The Fiesta Bowl, and then it was the Peach Bowl, Pittsburgh and okay. Michigan State. But I, I ended up rewatching uh, the Fiesta Bowl, and there was a, a sideline shot of of Leofau over there in uniform. I was like, oh, hmm. yeah, that's right. Leofau was, was back out there. Again. But in any case, so he's I'm, really excited. Yeah. I'm excited to see this guy. You know, Absolutely. One, one, that he's back from injury, and, and two, to see just exactly where he is a year later. Yeah, he he was flying all over the place, and I remember sitting there in the bleachers, you know, at camp, and thinking to myself, and talking to the people around me, you, and we're we're like, this kid is gonna make some name, make a name for himself this year. Like he is gonna be all over the place, and he's got the hair flowing out the back, right. and it's just like you know who it is without even know- seeing the number. You know what I mean? And so we were all fired up and excited. And I also remember talking about JD and we're like, man, he's really playing well too. He just seems to have a nose for the football. He's all around it. And how are these guys, how is this coaching staff going to split reps between these two guys? Like that was the question that I had leaving, you know, a couple of those practices until Maris got hurt. Now you don't have to worry about that because JD's moving inside and they're going to play side by side. And that's exciting all by itself. Yeah, I think so. I completely agree. All right, who's your next defensive player? So my next defensive player kind of goes over towards the quote-unquote position battle-ish. I stayed in the secondary, and I went with Clarence Lewis. And the reason I went with Clarence Lewis was because there's a lot of people out there, and I'm not calling out Brent here, but I'm going to put his comment (laughs) up there. Clarence Lewis needs to be replaced. I get it. I understand where fans are coming from didn't have a good game against Oklahoma State. I don't think he was put in a very good position to have a good game, but he didn't have a good game against Oklahoma State, okay? He had a pretty good season up till then, but he did not have a – the last time we saw him was not good. And so he needs to prove himself, right? I mean, he – he he. I I believe after talking to some of the coaches and hearing some of the the quotes and things like that that – you know, he's as confident as ever. He's playing at a very high level, et cetera, et cetera. He's going to need to because there's guys that are going to be nipping at his heels to play because there's a lot of talent 
in that DB room. There's no question about that. And so if Clarence Lewis retains his starting job, I believe that means that he's gotten a ton better because there's guys right behind him that want his spot. And so right. if he can hold on to it, then he really held on to it because he was doing good things. Yeah, I agree. You know, he he had some moments last year, and it's just like you look at the course of his career, you know, from replacing Tariq Bracey as a true freshman and really kind of being a bright spot as a true freshman to, you know, just some up and down. You know, the fact that he did have 53 tackles, which was third most, which is, you know, that's a big number for a corner. But, you know, you know it's like they were throwing at him a lot. He sure. at least was a sure tackler, you know, afterwards, I guess. But, you know, again, like, you know, looking at that Fiesta Bowl, there was the one, you know, fade to the sideline when when Oklahoma State, you know, it was late in the game and they're driving down and they need to make a play. It's like, well, find who number six is guarding and, you know, throw a fade <laughs> up and, and see what happens. And, you know, they went to, you know, so, but, but I, I agree. I mean, I, I still think that there is a lot of ability that Clarence Lewis has and, I think that he's still, you know, I think it's it's mostly, you know, get it between the ears. And I think Mike Mickens, you know, can can kind of coach him up, I guess, so to speak. Yeah. And I, I think, but but like you said, there are some guys behind him who are going to be pushing him. And how, you know, and, and Marcus Freeman has talked a lot about competition, building competition. And competition yep. makes you better, you know, like you were talking about how they started off with those competition periods before the right. bowl. So you know, how, how much is that going to drive Clarence Lewis? You know, I, I think that I, you know, I agree. That's something that I'm going to want to see as well, but there is this guy, Jaden Mickey coming right up behind him. And, yep. you know, he's my, he's our final defensive guy tonight. Yep. And it's a guy who, you know, was out there in the spring and how, you know, how many times have we seen spring stars turn into fall afterthoughts, <laughs> you know? So, but as good as Mickey was, in the spring, there were a lot of walk-on receivers, you know, getting time out there because of injuries and all that sure. kind of stuff. So I think the biggest thing that I want to see from Mickey is, you know, he's got to show up, you know, like defending Braden Lindsay and or Lorenzo Styles or, you know, whoever it happens to be in front of him out there. That That's what he's got to do. He You know, he's got to show that he can go head-to-head with, you know, with some of the guys at the top of the depth chart now. And I think that's where he will have his opportunity, you know, assuming yeah. he gets some of this yeah. opportunity to really, you know, show if he's ready or not by going against some of the guys higher on the depth chart and improving that he can do it, play in and play out. And the two guys we hear about all the time during summer workouts, the two incoming freshmen that you don't have to ask about, like the information is, is volunteered, right? It's Tobias Merriweather and it's Jaden Mickey. Like those are the two guys that all the coaches are talking about, everybody close to the program is talking about because they're balling out, which is fantastic. That's what you want to see from true freshmen. And obviously, Jade Mickey had the advantage of being here during the spring, and so he got all kinds of time, and he was able to show it at practice, et cetera, et cetera. They, he's going to play, right? He's going to play. It just depends on you know what role is he going to have. Is he going to be able to unseat somebody? Uh, or is he going to be a special teams player? Is he going to be a rotational player? You know, what does that look like? This is going to be a big fall for Jaden Mickey. There's no question about it. For sure. For sure. All right. So those are some of our players to watch. You know, we probably could have made it even longer list if we really wanted to, but uh, you know, we went for a piece tonight. We've got plenty more 
fall camp preview stuff that we're going to be getting to this week. And again, camp starts on Friday and we'll be out there Friday morning watching a full practice. And then we'll have all kinds of stuff afterwards, you know, and Marcus Freeman's press conference and everything else. So we'll, uh, we'll uh, all find out a lot more this Friday when training camp starts.